Crunch time. Crunch time. You're listening to Crunch Time on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Crunch time. Crunch time. All right, Kansas City, welcome to Crunch Time. You're right here on Thursday night. You know, I'm kind of liking the idea, Frank, of doing this show on Thursday night because you can kind of digest all of the other shows that are going on and what everybody's talking about on ten and what everybody's talking about on the national uh, ESPN and the NFL Network, and they're all talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. They're all talking about Patrick Mahomes, and they're all talking about, hey, who can stop Patrick Mahomes? You know, the funny thing is that this really, if you look at it, this is the end of the first quarter of the season. That's right. In the NFL, you kind of separate the season in quarters. And we're going into the fourth game of the year, which means that the first quarter is just about over for the Kansas City Chiefs. But what has Patrick Mahomes done? He has 13 touchdowns, which is a record. Zero interceptions. His record is 3-0. and The league's top-scoring offense. And really, the most talked-about player of this young season is Patrick Mahomes. What has teams tried to do against Patrick Mahomes? Let's kind of look back and see what teams have been trying to do against them. You look at the L.A. Chargers, their defense. They tried to out-tough them, out-physical them. They tried to go out there and just try to knock them around. They didn't really blitz too much. Uh, they, they brought pressure at times, but they basically played their base defense because they had some guys that were hurt, and that didn't work. Well, let's go to the second game of the year against the Steelers. The Steelers decided we're going to bring the house against this kid. We're going to blitz him. We're going to show them different fronts. We're going to show different personnel. And they tried to do all these kind of different things to confuse Patrick Mahomes. It didn't work. Now let's go to the third game of the season where the San Francisco 49ers on third down brought some pressure. But basically what they tried to do is flood the zone, filter everything to the inside from inside out. Well, that didn't work either because they forgot about the guy that was running up the middle of the field, and that's Travis Kelsey. Now, let's go to the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football. All that's coming out of Denver right now are words like attack. This is our championship game. We are going to bring plenty of stuff against them. We want to knock this young quarterback around. It's almost the same game plan as the Pittsburgh Steelers. The one thing that you have to realize, the defensive coordinators around the league, when they see young quarterbacks, they feel like they can bring pressure that they can go out and hit the guy and shake him. They can go out and hit the guy and get him out of his game. Well, there has been no evidence thus far from any defensive uh, unit out there in the first three games that that's going to happen with Patrick Mahomes. The kid is special, Frank. It's going to be a fun game to watch on Monday night. The Broncos are treating this as their championship game. They're studying hard. They want to bring all kinds of pressure. They're talking about attacking this kid. It'll be interesting to watch. But I tell you what, this kid's got too much boxing to let that affect him. Yeah, Timmy, uh, I agree with you. We're down here at Johnny's 119th Street. Tim Grunhard, Mark Bowrichter is going to join us in the next segment. We're going to throw some things around with him as well. You know, you have to remember here, and we'll talk to Mark about this in the next segment, but, you know, this team started 5-0 and last year. They've started 9-0 and under Andy Reid. But there was never the excitement that there is right now, and it's all because of, Patrick Mahomes. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's just the way the kid runs around. The touchdown pass he threw to uh, Chris Connolly was just unbelievable. 
uh, when he scrambled all over the field and ripped that thing into the end zone for the touchdown. Uh, really, that got everybody excited. I, you know, you knew the kid had a great rocket arm. Uh, you knew he could move around the pocket. He proved it all in, on one play in that football game that showed everybody a lot. But I never felt the excitement when the Chiefs were 9-0 and or 5-0 and with Alex Smith that I feel right now when they are just 3-0 and with Patrick Mahomes. You know, that's, that's a great point. And I think that one of the reasons why everybody's so excited is because I, I, as well as Patrick Mahomes has played, he didn't really play the perfect game last week. But he's got a good feel for the game. And I think that feel has come from Andy Reid. You know, I think that the play calling that Andy is calling for Patrick Mahomes, it's, it's, it's kind of a different beast. I think Andy is calling by feel and not more by sight. As the game went on, I don't know if you noticed, but at times in that game, Patrick Mahomes was, hey, he's a, he's a human being. He was pretty fired up to play for the first time in front of Arrowhead Stadium. And by the way, I watched it on TV, and I wish I was there, but you guys represented the, the fans were outstanding. You could hear it and you could feel it on TV just as well as you can hear it and feel it in the stadium. Unbelievable energy, unbelievable enthusiasm. But you can you could tell that Patrick Mahomes was speeding off that. So he was a little pumped up. He had some plays where he overthrew people. He had some plays where he short-armed a guy a couple times, threw the ball in the dirt a little bit short. But I think he was just so fired up to try to, you know, show what he can do that he kind of got out of his game a little bit. And when I say by feel, what did Andy Reid do? He started going to some of the screens. He started going to some of the slants. And then he went to some of the things that Patrick Mahomes really likes to do, and that's throw the ball down the field to, to guys that, that he has confidence can go up and win the 50-50 balls, and they did. So I think this Andy Reid and feel is really important. I think it's a, a point that, that a lot of people aren't bringing up because I, I, they don't realize that the feel of the offensive coordinator and the quarterback, they really have to be on the same page, and they have been on the same page this year. There was some adversity in that game, Frank. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs jumped out, and they got a nice lead. But it started to kind of go away a little bit towards the third quarter and into the fourth quarter. So Patrick Mahomes really did face a tiny bit of adversity going into that fourth quarter because he knew that that team was struggling a little bit defensively. The 49ers had the momentum. And whoever has the momentum in a football game, everybody knows that's the team that, 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 that got, got, has it going, and that's the team – that you really need to get the momentum back. And Patrick Holmes was able to do that. And that was a big turning point for that young man. Yeah, well, I think one of the reasons, too, that, uh, you know, they got into that kind of situation and they got up 35-7 to and then sort of took their, their foot off the gas. I think they were I think they were tired, to tell you the truth. They had two away games. They had one on the West Coast, one on in the Eastern time zone. Then they come home to play the home opener. They jump out to the big lead. They're up 35-7. to seven. I think it's just natural for a team to go, we've got this, um, and, you know, this this team's not going to catch us and to just ease up on a gas pedal a little bit. Yeah, and, and, and I, I think you saw a little bit of that. I also think when you're, when you're a team like the Chiefs right now, are starting every game with a touchdown, and, and you know, when you, you score 21 points, I don't care who you are, you kind of you take a deep breath. Uh, you know, the, the game has started. You're all excited. There's a lot of enthusiasm. And all of a sudden, you score 21 points in the first quarter, or like the Chiefs have been doing. And I think there's a natural tendency to just take a deep breath and, and say, okay, let's relax here a little bit. And you really can't do that in the NFL because teams are too good. So, lesson learned, I think, by, by the Chiefs in that aspect of 
you really got to keep your pedal to the metal, especially with this defense, Frank. Let's face it, the defense has struggled. Now, the one thing they've done pretty well, Frank, is they're, they're not that bad at third down situations. They've been okay. They've had some starts with three and outs, but they have those spurts, like that spurt ahead in the basically the beginning of the of the third quarter when uh, the the uh, the 49ers went down the field. They uh, ran some mesh patterns. They ran a couple shovel passes to Brita. Uh, D4, they took an inside move and he had to keep contained and lost that. And Brita had a big play. There was some poor tackling. There was confusion. And once again, when you talk about the mesh patterns, you talk about those crossing patterns, it's really been hurting the Chiefs because of the inexperience and maybe the lack of talent at the safety position right now for the Chiefs. So that's been hurting them. And they really were poor against the run in the second half. Uh, I thought that the 49ers came out and they ran the ball fairly well. But those are the kind of things they have to limit. But they have been good on third downs. When you get to a third down situation, Chiefs have been able to get people off the field, which is a positive. Yeah, it really is a positive. The other thing about it is the defense early in the games, the Chiefs have elected to kick off in every game. In every game, I think the defense has held the opposition to a, a three and out, let them punt, or let them punt, or made them punt. And then the Chiefs went right down the field and scored, taking a 7 nothing lead right off the bat. I think that is one positive for uh, for the Chiefs defense. But I agree with you about, uh, you know, safety position is really hurting. D Ford did not practice today. He's... Uh, he has a sore groin, so we have to see how that works. And Eric Berry didn't practice again uh, today, so I'm just not sure when we're going to see him. So that that situation is what it is at the moment. Yeah, and it, it's unfortunate that D Ford got injured. You know, he, I thought he's done a pretty nice job in pass rush. He's always going to struggle against the run. That's kind of his mo. But I thought that he's been getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, he's been getting the quarterbacks. He's been getting knockdowns. He's has a couple sacks this year. He's shown a really nice speed move with good leverage and good balance coming around the corner. So he's done a nice job with that, but he struggled against the run. So now what do we do? If he doesn't play, now it's time to see what the young man speaks and passing yoke can do. Uh, those are the two guys that have to go into that position, and I think you may give up a little bit in the, 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 the pass rush, but I also think that those guys are probably a little more stout against the run. And when you go up to when you go up to mile high, you're going to have to stop the run. Uh, the Denver Broncos, yes, they, they've had a prolific passing game in the past. I don't think that that's particularly what they want to do. I think they want to pound you, they want to run it, and they want to keep uh, uh, they want to keep uh, the Kansas City Chiefs offense off the field. So, you know, speaks and passing are going to be tested in their run defense early this week on Monday night. All right, you know, the other interesting part, and the one thing we never talk about unless they're doing poorly – is the offensive line. I don't think they've gotten nearly enough credit. I don't think anybody's talking about the Chiefs' offensive line and the things they've been able to do this year with a young kid playing quarterback back there. Yeah, you know, the offensive line has played well. I'd like to see him run blocks a little bit better, but let's not get picky. They've done a nice job of, of really protecting the quarterback. When you have a young quarterback, a guy like uh, Patrick Mahomes, you always want to keep him clean. You don't want to get him knocked down. You don't want to get him dirty. And the other thing is, when you have a guy back there that you know can make a play at any second, you don't want to be that guy to give up the sack or give up the penetration. You don't want to be the guy that's going to take away the momentum of that young man back there playing. So at the offensive line position, I know for a fact we have Joe Montana and, and uh, Rich Gannon and Elvis Kerback when he was playing 
uh, in that hot streak that he had, you didn't want to be the guy that kind of knocked him off. You didn't want to be the guy that took away the momentum, the, the mojo that that quarterback has. And it, always, it only takes one or two big hits, and that can happen. So the offensive line has played well. The one thing that they've done a lot better this year, uh, Frank, that they didn't do last year is a lot of the inside games and twists and stunts. The, the, the Chiefs were hurt last year multiple times when they were bringing the defensive ends around in a loop and shooting the defensive tackles out, or when they were bringing uh, double slants and wrapping guys around, uh, whether it was a linebacker, whether it was a nose tackle, outside backer, defensive end, blitzing kind of inside and wrapping guys around. They were losing the integrity of the pocket inside. And the one thing that you have to do as an offensive line, you have to keep that pocket deep and you got to keep that pocket wide. It's really important with a quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes is to keep that pocket deep, give him ability to step up, give him ability to move around that pocket and find guys and keep it wide so that he also has the opportunity that if he wants to get out of that pocket and he wants to make a play out on the edge with that strong arm, he can get out there. So the thing that they've done well is they've kept that pocket deep and they've kept it wide. Yeah, you know, the other thing that was interesting, too, everybody was worried about the, the run offense. You know, the rushing uh, was down uh, per average until that last uh, drive that they had against San Francisco to put that game away. I thought that was very impressive. Yeah, and you know what? Those are the kind of drives you're going to have to have uh, in, in, a, in a championship season, Frank, because you're going to have to be able to put it away, and you're going to have to every once in a while just go to that run game and give the ball to Cream Hunt. And give it to Spencer Ware, give them to give the ball to Williams and let those guys, you know, do their job and, and grind out those yards and you know, take a little bit of pressure and take a little bit of, of the, the physicality away from Patrick Mahomes. So that was a good thing too. So you know, if you go into this game and you just kinda of take a look at where we're at, we're three and oh, there's no way in heck, Frank, there's no way in heck that anybody and if you're really truly being honest with yourself thought the Chiefs were going to start 3-0. and You know, you looked at these first six games, and you said if they went 500 in those first six games, 3-3, three and three, that would be a good start because the first six games are bare. They have been the, the, the really the talk of that organization starting fast against these really, really good football teams against, against obviously, the L.A. Chargers, who everybody thinks has the best front seven, the 49ers, which is a darling team coming in. And then, of course, the Steelers, a team that's really taking it to the Chiefs. And then up Denver and Mile High, it's never easy for the Kansas City Chiefs to win. So for the Chiefs to start 3-0, really a nice start for the Chiefs. And uh, you really couldn't ask for anything more. All right, Tim. Of course, I was a genius and said they'd go 2-4 and four in their first six, of course. I, I, you know what? I said 3-3. Three and three. Uh, <laughs> I hope I'm I, – you know, I don't want to be right. <laughs> well, no, no, yeah. Gonna, You're absolutely yeah, right. Don't, don't be right gonna, now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, but uh, you know they're going up to going up to Denver, and it's going to be a test for him because their defensive coordinator Woods guy he's he, he he's got plenty of ammunition to try to throw at, at Patrick Mahomes in that offense. But there's just so many weapons. There's just so many people they can get the ball to that can make plays, and that's really been the difference. I mean, if you think about it, Conley is a guy that everybody forgot about, and he's got a couple touchdowns this year. You know, you know, you bring in uh, you bring in Sammy Watkins and and, and you know, getting the ball to him in creative ways and letting him be a runner has been a difference for this offense. And then, of course, Tyree Kill with the speed. I mean, there's nobody that could stay with this guy. So you have to put a safety back. 
when you put a safety back, you're taking somebody out of the rest of the the rest of the coverage, or, or you're taking people out of the box in the run game. So there's two guys on one, and you got all kinds of guys to choose from from there. All right, Tim, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Mark Bo Richter, former chief, will join us. You know, Mark told me, Tim, he said, Dustin Colquitt's on this team, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. He's the last remaining teammate of Mark Bo Richter when he played for the Kansas City Chiefs. How about that? That's, that's amazing. That's how old uh, uh, Colquitt is. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll be back uh, in a minute with more on right. Crunch Time. The most powerful sports station in America has a home in Kansas City. This is Sports Radio 810 WHB. All right, guys, welcome back to Crunch Time. And uh, real happy to have Mark Bo Richter, who is often on 810 WHB. Uh, I know he does a lot with Saran, especially Sunday's pregame. Uh, Mark, what's going on? Thanks for popping in with Frank and I on a Thursday night in Kansas City. A lot of excitement in Kansas City right now, isn't there? A lot of excitement. I'm glad I got the invite to be on this, this show, by the way. I think the last time I was on this show was the last time you did it when you were, like, in a tent in River Falls, probably during, <laughs> during training camp. I was on oh, with you guys. Boy. With you guys together, that is. Oh, with you guys my together. gosh, that's right. Billy Bob was there, yes, too, right? Billy was there, oh, too, at that point. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. So we're going back a while, but it's going to be back. <laughs> I, w- I would say I remember that, but that might be a lie. I, uh, that, that was the, the old days with Billy and Frank and I and, uh, and River Falls. It was, those were some ugly, ugly times. But uh, crunch time is revived. And, uh, you know, uh, Mark, uh, when you look at this, this football team and you, and you look at Patrick Mahomes, let's, let's first talk to you as a player. Um, how fun would it have been for you to line up at a wide receiver spot with this guy quarterback? Oh, it'd be a blast. I think, you know, Frank and I were talking before the show started on this reminds me of my years here playing receiver for the Chiefs and the fact that offensively we thought we were going to score every single time we went out. And I know every offense kind of has that philosophy, but just the wide open aspect of this offense and the ability to to make plays and the amount of weapons they have. But I think the the fun part about it, grunny and looking at it with him is you've got a quarterback that the play's never over with and it's not just about his ability to scramble and deliver the football in those situations it's about the fact that in the scramble drill if you're the guy going deep to try to try to clear out the defense you know in a scramble situation you may get the ball 60 yards down the field that's the part to me that is exciting and as a receiver you'd love to play with a guy like this and i think just his overall aggressiveness and his want to to deliver the football down the field, I think, is the part that's most exciting to me. And, again, I go back to my time playing here in the early 2000s with, with Trent Green as our quarterback. He, you know, Trent had that mentality. He wanted to be aggressive. But the amount of energy that this young kid has has introduced, I think, into the huddle and then I think also into this community and into this town at this point is, is something that, that, of course, Kansas City hasn't seen in a long time. Yeah, you know, it's funny when you, when you look at this, this young quarterback and, you know, all these defensive coordinators keep talking about attacking him and hitting him and confusing him and all those kind of things. And, and you know, he also had hurdles as far as, you know, you have your, your first game that you're the starting quarterback and when he had over the LA, L.A. Chargers. And then, of course, he had to go to Pittsburgh, which is, you know, it's a rough place to play. It is brutal. And that team has had the Chiefs numbers. And then you – and you kind of turn the page and you have your first home game at Arrowhead. You know how that is. I mean, I remember mine. It's, 
you know, the excitement and, the, and just the adrenaline rush that, that happens when you play there uh, is something you have to overcome because you've got to kind of get back into your game. And then now let's fast forward to this week. Not only are they playing against the Denver Broncos in Denver, but this is his first start at quarterback on a Monday night. Monday night football is special. I don't care what anybody says. Monday night football is special. So, I mean, this kid's been tested early with emotions. He's been tested early with, with, with defensive coordinators. He's been tested early with leadership. I mean, and he's passed with flying colors, hasn't he? Oh, yes. He's passed with flying colors. I think, and Greddy, I think you'd appreciate this too, is I've been most impressed with his mental aspect of the game and not just handling, you know, the X's and O's on the, on the field, but, but what's happened just in terms of his poise. And, and you mentioned, you know, running out of the tunnel at Arrowhead for the first time. You know, people, some people will say, you know, it was a pre, you know, he's played there in the preseason. He's been here all last year. It's different when you're starting. And I, I look back in just in my time in 2002, my first year here, late in the season, got an opportunity to start and had the best game of my career with it. But, you know, and Patrick Mahomes even said, you know, his heart was pounding a little extra this past week when he ran out. It, it, it happens. But I think the the mental aspect for me has been the most impressive uh, of him, and, and it's the whole package. It's it's the physical tools, but then the the capacity mentally to calm himself down to, to – in places like Los Angeles, and I know that's not a great environment to play in, but to go to Pittsburgh and get a win, then come home, and now you go out to Denver, which is, as you know, Timmy, is a is a difficult, difficult place to play. But, oh, by the way, he did start a game there last year. And I know the environment may not have been the exact same as it is, it is with him coming in this week, but it is Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. It's another challenge for him. It's another challenge for this team, and, and I think he's up to it. I think that's the thing. Until we see him stumble – which we know at some point is going to happen with a couple interceptions. Something like that is going to happen. But until we see him stumble, you've got to ride high with, with the energy he's he's brought right now. Yeah, and you're exactly right. When, I mean, people don't understand. I mean, I, I remember my very first game at Arrowhead. We were playing against the Detroit Lions, and Marty said, hey, listen, you're going to get in there to play, uh, but we're going to let you know, Webby start the first two series and kind of let you just get the feel of the game and the excitement that's going on, and then we'll put you in. So I went after the third series. Well, then it's funny because it's the next game was a Monday night game in Denver. And Marty said, okay, I'm going to let you kind of get a feel for what's going on here and just kind of wean you in a little bit. I'll put you in after the first series and went in after the first series and, and played. And I'm glad he did that because, I mean, the adrenaline, the emotion of playing on a Monday night. And I often tell people all the time, like, Monday night is special because, you know, your grade school buddies are watching it. You know, your 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 your, uh, your kindergarten teacher is watching the game. You know, all those girls that broke up with you in high school are watching the game. So, you know, all those people that that, that you know that uh, that that you uh, were hurt by, or whatever. All of a sudden, you're up and playing on Monday Night Football, and it's special. So, you know, when you when you look at the Denver Broncos uh, right now, uh, the Denver Broncos defense, obviously, their their front uh, seven is good, not unbelievably good, but good. They have some pass rushers. But they're really, really banged up, especially at the corner cornerback position, where Adam uh, Adam Jones has a thigh injury. He's banged up. He may not play. Uh, Tremaine Brock is battling a groin injury. He may or may not play. Uh, last week, at, at, at one point, they had their fourth string corner in their uh, uh, plane. So uh, it could be one of those things where you know they just may say, "We're just going to bring pressure on this kid and hopefully he can't get set, get him off his spot." And hopefully he makes bad decisions. But that didn't really spell a lot of success for the Steelers when they did that, did it? 
Uh, you know, I'll, I'll just jump here in here real quick. You talk about how excited uh, everybody, how excited he was to play that home opener. Well, they have a, a behind-the-scenes video. He's standing out there, and the player right ahead of him was announced. He runs out. Mahomes is so psyched up, he starts almost right out after the other guy. And the guy who's holding all the players back there, he had to grab him and tell him, no, 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 not yet. Come on back. Come on back. So he had to come back. And then all of a sudden he got out there and he said, and I think it got to a point where it said, and play starting at quarterback. And that's the last thing you could hear from the PA system. The place imploded for that kid, which I have never seen before in Kansas City. No, it was a unique environment, and I wasn't at the game, but I talked to some people that were, yeah. and just how it was, and, and you know the energy he's brought. But I think, going to your point of you know what was successful against him, you know with the Steelers or what they were trying to do, and you look at this Denver Broncos defense, they're going to have to pressure him. Uh, when you're banged up in the secondary, you almost look at this offense if you're a defensive coordinator and go, okay, what do we take away? Well, normal offenses, you got a guy you can say, okay, we can bracket Travis Kelsey in years past, or We've got Travis Kelsey we can bracket, and then we got to worry about Tyreek Hill. But now you, you put Sammy Watkins into the mix out there. You can't. This is truly one of the old cliches of you can't stop him, you can only hope to contain him. It really is. And, and if you're going to try to try to stop him, you can't just sit back and, and try to play coverage because they have too many weapons. You're going to have to try to take some chances. And I think the one thing that, that I was impressed with in the Steelers game is how they handled the pressure. But defensive coordinators are going to have to start, because this kid has a mental – capacity that he's had so far and showed the maturity that he has they're gonna have to try to start confusing him with their looks and their blitzes and, and if you're a defensive coordinator specifically the broncos with how banged up they are in the secondary we all know akeem talib's gone chris harris is still there but but their their weaknesses in the secondary you've got to take some additional chances to try to try, try to help your secondary out yeah no i, I agree with you and you know and, and to your point you know you can almost get too tricky and I think that's kind of where the Steelers went. If you if you look at the comments of, of even the defensive coordinator, and if you look at the comments of of, of their players after the game, they said we, we just we tricked ourselves. We put ourselves in bad positions because we uh, we're doing too much. And I think the tendency is when you're when you're a defensive coordinator, and you want to you want to you know get after this young quarterback, you want to you know you want to put some pressure on him. That you're trying to do so much that you confuse your own players. But here's the one thing that I don't think a lot of people think about, Mark, and, and, and I know you've been involved in this too, but you can't replicate the Chiefs' offense by a scout team uh, from another team. You just can't replicate it. There's too many movements. There's too many guys in different spots in different places. You know, that, that, that when you, all of a sudden you're out there and you kind of got a feel for what's going to happen in the game, and then all of a sudden – you know, Tyreek Hill's in the backfield and Hunt's out of the backfield and, and uh, Kelsey is lined up in the backfield and then he shifts out to the slot. Then the slot shifts it back into the backfield and all these different fronts, and, I mean, excuse me, all these different formations and all these different personnel settings that the Chiefs run, you can't practice it. So you can hope that you can replicate it and say, okay, if they do this, then we're going to do that. Well, all of a sudden they don't do that the way that you practiced it and it confuses the players. I think that that's one of the things that Andy Reid has done really well this year is really kept the defense you know, back on their heels by running all kinds of different formations, all kinds of different shifts with different people that they can't replicate it and it confuses them. It does confuse them, and you can't replicate it. And I haven't looked at the, the transaction wire this week unless the Broncos, you know, 
signed the, the Olympic track team, you know, back there <laughs> to come in and run that scout team. There, there is no way you can replicate the speed. And then the other thing is you can't replicate the timing of everything with all the different looks that he's done. With all the – the, the crazy part to me is when you look at this offense and we talk about all the weapons, but how many guys have scored touchdowns already for this team this year? Yeah. I mean, that's the part to me that you can't focus on one single guy or trying to, to, to work on something in practice – with that scout team because there are just so many looks and so many different avenues and personnel groupings that can still run the same stuff, but it's a different, it's a, still a different timing and a different play with the Anthony Thomas running it or Sammy Watkins running the little shovel pass or Travis Kelsey running it than it is Tyreek Hill. There's just so many things you got to prepare for that it makes it extremely difficult and it's almost impossible. Yeah, when you got a guy like Chad Kelly uh, at the quarterback trying to be Patrick Mahomes, if you have that wide receiver Tim Patrick, Matt Lacrosse, <laughs> Kevin Hogan, and, and a couple of rookies, Deshaun Hamilton and Cortland Sutton, I don't think they're going to be able to particularly run the offense that the Chiefs are running. And it really <laughs> no, does no. come down to that. Yeah. You, know, it, you, you have to be able to try to replicate it so that you can have answers for it. You can watch all the film you want. You can practice against it. But all of a sudden, they're doing different things. And, and, and I think that that's a point that's been missed for some people, that, that you know, the, just the, the intricate shifts, motion, the personnel – that Andy Reid has ran has really confused defenses even before the game has started. So, yeah, so, uh, Frank, you know, one of the things, and I know that you've covered a lot of games up at Mile High, and uh, it, it, the closest thing to Arrowhead Stadium, and I, uh, Mark, I know you played up in Mile High, it, it, the closest thing to Arrowhead is Mile High. You know, the fans are very, very similar. They're very, very enthusiastic, and they're very loud. So, Frank, first you, I mean, you know, what, what kind of challenges does this bring to the young kid? And then, Mark, uh, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I, the last thing you want to hear is that incomplete when you're on the offensive side. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you might hear that a little because he doesn't complete every pass, but he completes the majority of them. Uh, he's already played there once, which is really going to help him out. And here's the other big thing for me. This team, this head coach, and everybody around him, they've won 17 of their last 18 against the AFC West. So when they go in, they're the big kid. On, they're the bully on the block. And nobody's been able to really come up and punch him in the, in the mouth and to set him down. So I think that is, that's incredible for me. I think, the, I think the Broncos feel their backs are up against the wall. If they don't beat the Chiefs on Monday night, they're probably going to go 0-2 against them for the season because they're probably don't feel real confident coming into Arrowhead. So I think that place will be electric. And one of the most electric times I ever saw it was when Joe Montana beat John Elway uh, in the last minute of the football game, Timmy, up there. That was about the uh, – that was one of the most incredible electric scenes I have ever seen. Mark, what, what's your feel? What, I mean, uh, one, of the, one of the things that Patrick's going to have to – I mean, obviously, you know, this, I know they had a game last year, so at the end of the year – I don't think the Denver Broncos, I mean, they're playing the game, but it obviously wasn't as important as this game is. And the other thing, it wasn't Monday night. So what's he going to have to do to kind of quiet that crowd? Well, I think the crowd noise does play a huge factor. You know, you played there and you mentioned the incomplete chant, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to bring that up. That's one thing that that can get in your head if you have a couple three and outs or, you know, a, a couple drives where you stall or, or just aren't, aren't on with your accuracy uh, over the course of the game. But, I think the Denver Broncos are going to have to play a perfect game this week. I really do. I think the Chiefs have them overmatched. I just think that 
when you look at this team, both offensively and defensively, and, and Frank brought this up, you know, winning 17 out of their last 18 against the AFC West. I mean, you're the big kid on the block, and I think this Chiefs team has that attitude now. Um, they got over the hump, you know, of winning in Denver the last couple of years, which has always been a struggle. They've taken kind of the mojo out of out of the mystique of, of whatever the stadium is at, at Mile High right now yeah. um, with the naming rights and everything. It's good. It's a difficult place to play, and I think you just have to be poised. I, the, the thing that impresses me most about Patrick Mahomes so far has been his poise yeah. and, the, and the mentality that he's brought and the poise that he's brought into the huddle. If they stay and play poised, we haven't seen him face a little bit of adversity yet with an interception or turning the ball over yet. Uh, I'll be interested to see how he reacts to that, but so far everything I've seen is a positive, and I think he'll react well. All right, hey, Tim, yeah. before we let you go yep. real quick here, there's probably the biggest high school football game coming up Friday night that has been here in Kansas City for I can't remember how long. You now have Bishop Miege going up against Rockhurst High School at Bishop Miege. They sold out of their $50 reserve seat tickets in about 15 minutes. They're bringing in extra stands. They're talking about – between thirteen and 15,000 people being at Miege. I don't know where everybody's going to park, but uh, maybe Ward Parkway will be closed down. I don't have the slightest idea what's going to happen. They should have had this thing at Children's Mercy Park. But play uh, this game at Arrowhead. I know. <laughs> what are your thoughts about the big game on Friday night? Well, first of all, I think Coach Holmes had a, a great comment. We, I mean, we everybody in Kansas City – football and high school football and all around have so much respect for Tony Severino and and, and what John said is you know in order to be them you got to play them and I think that Bishop Miege you know has always strived to have get the kind of respect and, and be put on the, the, the same uh, kind of page as Rock, the Rockers Hawkers. I mean that is a story program it is the best program in Kansas City and to play them is it's a great honor for the Asian. And I, and I know Coach Holmes is excited about it. And I love Tony Severino. I think he's a great guy, great coach. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you just look at the matchups, it, it, it's it's really the big guys against the fast guys. I mean, Rockers have some fast guys, but they are a really, really big defensive line and offensive line. They're going to have the size uh, uh, differential over the over uh, the Shemini Stags, but the Stags have so many athletes. They have so many fast guys. And, it reminds me, their offense reminds me a little bit of what the, what, what, uh, uh, the, the Chiefs run. I mean, they're, they're at the line of scrimmage. They have all kinds of different formations, all kinds of different people to get the ball to. So it'll be really interesting to see if the big guys can slow down the fast guys. And in high school football, Mark, as you know, a lot of times those fast guys uh, are able to uh, you know make, make the plays and be the difference makers. So I think it's going to be a, an unbelievable time. I'm not, I, I don't get into the... Um, the, the business of predicting high school football games. All I know, I'm going to predict one thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, both programs deserve to be uh, put on a pedestal like this with, with 14,000, 15,000. I'm really proud of Bishop Miege. And one of the things that when I first got there, I said, the, the couple things we want to do is we want to go out and win state championships. We've done that. And the other thing is we want to go play Rockhurst. And now we're doing that. So, uh, congratulations to, to Coach John Holmes for what he's done and Tony Severino is a legend in Kansas City. I knew he wouldn't predict, Mark. No, I, I knew know. he was a, I knew he a great diplomatic one. approach. I knew he wouldn't do that. I'll go ahead and predict it. <laughs> go I'll ahead. Go ahead. You um, predict it. I've met Coach Severino a couple times and I have the utmost respect for him, but I know a lot of the guys on the age staff, um, just because just Timmy brought me on staff in 2009, I think it was the first state championship, Timmy, for you. Yep. 
uh, in that side. So I'm, I'm pulling for me Asian this one. I'll just tell you that. I'm pulling for me Asian this, in this aspect. I know John Holmes for several years now and uh, a lot of the guys on that staff and, and a lot of respect for both coaching staffs, obviously, and both programs uh, a ton. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to predict who's going to win. I, I should say that. I'll just tell you who I'm pulling for in this game just based <laughs> on my personal relationships and who I know better. Yeah. Um, that's the only and sole reason I'm saying that. Uh, but I'm 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 excited to to see this game tomorrow. Though it's about time it's happened. You know, it's funny. Uh, uh, when I came to town here, no one covered high school football on television. That was back in 1981. And I went to our news director and said, "I'd like to cover high school football on Friday night." He said, "Go ahead, get the guys out. We'll go cover high school football." And then as the season went on, that first year or second year I was here, Tony's team won the state championship when he was over in Shawnee Mission School District before he got the Rockhurst job. And he and I were talking after the game was over. We found out that we had run track meets. He, he, was, a, he was a weight guy. He was a, you know, he was a weight guy and throwing discus and javelin. And I was a sprinter. But we ran track in the same track meets against one another. So Tony and I have been really close friends for a long time. And then Timmy, of course, takes over the MEH program and, goes there and then turns it over to John Holmes and have done such a wonderful job. I, I agree it's going to be one hell of a football game. I guarantee you that much because they're all going to be really after each other. And it, the crowd, the atmosphere, the whole deal, is, it's just going to be incredible on Friday night. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Tim, we're going to let you go. Um, all right, but I will Mark and I will take it the rest the, of the way. I'll give you a prediction on the Chiefs game, though. Is that all right? Yeah, go ahead. Chiefs win 31-20. Oh, geez, I, I picked 31-21. So we're right in the same page there, Timo. I'm with you. Right, Ten-point we'll win. We'll talk to you next week. All right, buddy. Sounds good. All right, we'll take a quick break. Remember, we are at Johnny's at 119th. Uh, the 78 Classic is on sale for 6 bucks. That's a nice, beautiful cheeseburger. $3 Bud and Bud Light bottles. 40 TVs in here. And the Vikings and the Rams are coming up on Thursday night football. Mark Bo Richter and I will be back. We'll talk some more Chiefs football. Talk a little bit about that Denver defense and Von Miller when we return. Kansas City's hometown sports station. Sports Radio 810 WHB. All right, welcome back to Crunch Time. Frank Bull, Mark, Bo Richter. We're here at Johnny's at 119th Street. There's 78 Classic Hamburger. It is a cheeseburger, by the way, for 6 bucks. $3 Bud Light and Bud Light Bottles. All the TVs you could ever want, and the Vikings and the Rams playing Thursday night football, which should be a pretty good football game. But we're more concerned about Monday night football, Mile High Stadium, Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos, one of the classic rivalries in the NFL. It took the Chiefs years to get past John Elway. It took them to get Joe Montana to get over that hump. And uh, your thoughts about the rivalry and what's going to happen Monday night? Well, I still have nightmares from my time of Jake Plummer on the bootleg all day long against our defense uh, with this rivalry. It, 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 like this has been a rivalry for a long time, and I know the Chiefs Raiders rivalry goes back, uh, you know, even further, even further and, yeah. and more maybe more of a hated rivalry in a lot of cases. But this is this has been a rivalry, and it's it's that has sustained the test of time overall. And it's been two teams that have consistently battled for AFC West championships, and it's. It's such an important game to both sides. And the fact that this is a Monday night game, um, and it's, you know, the first game of this series, of course, within within um, the season series, it's an important one. And it's an important one for the Chiefs. And I know they're 3-0. and And I know in the first segment you guys talked about this being a, you know, the Chiefs were 3-3 and after the first six games, everybody would be happy. There's still a possibility that that could happen. But 
if, if you would have said right now, looking at the first three, four games here, that the Chiefs would be 3-0 and in this or have three wins coming out of the first four weeks, yeah. I would have told you you were crazy also, just based on looking at it. So um, it's a tough one, uh, but I, I like the Chiefs' chances this week. Yeah, okay, let's talk about Denver's defense a little bit. Vaughn Miller is the guy everybody pinpoints. They have nine sacks. Um, they know this. their backs are up against the wall here if they lose this football game. It's not the end of the season. Anything could happen to the Chiefs, but if you're looking at it, right in front of you the way it is now they will already have played the Chiefs will already have played two road games in the AFC West and will have won them both if they beat the Denver Broncos and they've beaten one of the other odds on favorites in the AFC in the Pittsburgh Steelers for any kind of home field advantage tiebreaker they've already got that so the Broncos really know they've got their back up against the wall but when they turn around and they look at the tape from the Pittsburgh game and they see what they did at about Pittsburgh, who threw everything they could possibly throw at Patrick Mahomes, and none of it worked. That, that's It's a very daunting task for Broncos now, don't you think? I think it's a very daunting task for their defense to look at this. And I said it before, where, where do you start, you know, if you're a defensive coordinator and trying to contain this offense? It's where do you start? You know, Pittsburgh tried to throw a lot at him and confuse him. It didn't work. Uh, I still think you got to try to confuse him a little bit um, because and test his – test his mental toughness out there and and the one thing that teams haven't been able to do yet consistently is get to Patrick Mahomes and hit him and I know this has been a theme in Denver this week of nobody's hit him yet nobody's hit him yet well that's what they're they're being ingrained in his defensive corner that's how we're going to stop him because nobody else has stopped him any other way this year now he got beat up a little bit more in in the Niners game than he did previously but but I think that's the only way. The one thing I've been impressed, he gets the ball out quick and and he makes quick decisions and then he can you know when you do get to him he can shake a tackle and scramble and then make some plays with his legs and ultimately with his arm at the end of it. So it's a daunting task. And if you're Denver, you got nothing to lose. You, you talk about them, their backs being against the wall. Right. They got nothing to lose in this game. They have nothing to lose but to try to go out and, and sell out and do everything they can to win this game. And I would expect them to bring a ton of pressure at Patrick Mahomes. You talk about Mahomes' poise during three of the touchdown drives, uh, their first three of their uh, touchdown drives when they were scoring 35 points there against San Francisco 49ers. He overthrew a wide receiver in each one of those drives, and it never affected the drive. What is that? The kid is he like a is he like a great cornerback who will try to jump a ball or jump a receiver and he'll get beat for a touchdown and he'll just come out and come back out and play again? Or what is that? Yeah, it's it may be the fact that he threw the ball 80 times a game at, at Texas Tech. You know, <laughs> I, I really – I joke about that, That's but it right. may be because – That's not a joke. No, I, I joke about the fact that that is, but I think that does play into it because he's got the cliched one snap and clear mentality. And you go back to the Pittsburgh game, and he had more touchdown passes than incompletions, and three of those incompletions could have gone for touchdowns. Right. And that's the part that that's crazy to me about it is – is that he doesn't get frustrated. And I think because of his physical tools, his arm strength, his, he always believes he can make a play. And you look at last week's game, everybody's making a big deal of the 49ers. Uh, you know, the touchdown pass he threw to Chris Conley in the back. I mean, right. I make that throw in my backyard between our two big sycamore trees to my nine-year-old really? all the time. All really? the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. Right? Okay. Not a big deal. <laughs> Don't really understand it. Uh, it was an amazing throw. Uh, unbelievable throw and the zip he put on it and and on a direct line like he did it 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 wows people and it wows us as fans it wows me as a former player but i look at that and it's just i think he believes he can make a play on every on a big time play on every throw 
Now that can get you in trouble. But I also think that when he overthrows people or he misses accuracy-wise and everything else, it doesn't frustrate him because he knows what the physical tools are. And that's why I joke about the fact that he threw 80-some balls at, at Texas Tech a game, which he did. We need a ton of incompletions in there. And yeah. so I think it was like, hey, we're just going to the next play and we'll get another opportunity, and that's fine. And I think that's what's really helped him is the style of offense they played at Texas Tech and how many incompletions he did have while he was there that they just turn around and he's ready to go the next play. And the other big problem Denver has, they have not been able to stop the tight end this year. Can't, couldn't stop him last year either. Travis Kelsey has had three 130-yard-plus games. Two of them have been against the Denver Broncos, and that's all they're talking about in Mile High City this week. Well, he's a weapon. He's a weapon, and they've got difficulty covering tight ends. Again, with this offense, where do you go and who do you try to stop? I mean, Travis Kelsey is going to get his, and we saw it last week. He did it again. He got it some in the Pittsburgh game as well. Uh, he's a difficult weapon, and, and he's a difficult matchup because he runs routes like a receiver. And there are a lot of good tight ends. When you look at Gronkowski, just to compare the two of them, Gronkowski's a big physical guy that's tough to, not real fast, but they get him in positions in the seam, and he physicals you up. Travis Kelsey can do that, but he's a more fluid runner. He's a faster guy. He's more agile. So he's he's much more of the guy that can can do it all, and, and he's more of a threat that way and not just a physical guy. That's what makes him such a difficult matchup. Here's the other big problem for the Denver Broncos, Case Keenum. Uh, he hasn't been a quarterback. Everybody thought he might be. Uh, he's got three touchdown passes and five interceptions. That's on the season. Okay. <laughs> So well, he is he is really struggling. I think he's he's only completing 61% of his passes. His quarterback rating is 71.6. Patrick Mahomes' quarterback rating is like 137.4. I mean, Denver knows they can't get in a shootout with Kansas City because they're going to lose the game. They can't get in a shootout, but this is the week, I think, that Kansas City Chiefs defense can put, not to bed and not complete the rest, but can have a game and get people off the defense's back. The, you know, some people have said this is a Super Bowl team. It's not a Super Bowl team yet. This right. defense has to, to step up and be a little bit better. But at the same time, they've been tremendous on third down. They're getting, I think the opponent's conversion rate is like 25% right now on third down, which is fantastic. The thing they haven't done yet is take the football away. And that this is an opportunity with Case Keenum, a quarterback, with the amount of interceptions he's thrown for this defense to get some turnovers. Because the Chiefs are plus run right now in the turnover ratio but haven't taken the ball away yet from their opponents, and this is a week that they can get on track to do that. Timmy and I both picked. Timmy picked 31-20. Mine earlier this week was 31-21, a 10-point win up there. What are your thoughts? I think it's a 34-21 type of ball game. I think they still Denver still scores some points, but I think the Chiefs win it running away. So we take the over on that? Yeah, so for sure. Do. Okay. That at this point with this offense, you always take the over <laughs> at this point, okay, right? Buddy. All right, well, we'll – well, we hear you on. We'll hear you on Monday night, Monday. correct? Yes, with Monday, the, uh, Central Bank of the Midwest pregame show. Pre-game show evening. with Seren Petro and the crew. That's always fun to listen to those guys. And we thank you for joining us tonight. We thank Johnny's for hosting us tonight. Uh, great place, of course. Seventy-eight classic tonight. That's their classic cheeseburger, six dollars, three-dollar Bud and Bud Lights. They got all the TVs. Vikings and the Rams game is coming on. They've got the Royals game up there as well. They're a pretty exciting team to watch towards the end of the season here. So. That's what we got, and we'll see you next week on Crunch Time.